Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. Well, there's some good news today. That's that's yeah. pretty good. Um, <laughs> shit, that's a bad bottle of barrel. Dealing with some car shit and... Because I got in a car accident, guys. That was fun. Um, mm-hmm. No fault of my own. Someone someone hit me from behind while I was in traffic. That was fun. No one got hurt. No Classic one got hurt. Classic rear-enda. Classic rear-enda. And um, yeah, I also have little homemade cardboard gates all over my apartment um, to uh, keep my dog from attacking sh- like shellac that's on the floor. So, you know, what a day. Good stuff. What a day. You guys got anything funny to say before we move on? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, cool. I thought I'd make sure you guys had the opportunity. I know, I know. Anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about the President of the United States being trapped in his underground bunker with a bunch of ravenous zombies, President Evil. I mean, I would see that and I have seen it. Multiple times. <laughs> Is this real life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim Gardner, master actor, contortionist, mime green suit guy. You may know me from my role as the half-filled glasses of water in the movie Signs. Swing away, Tim. Swing <laughs> away. Swing away. Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor. And you definitely don't know me from my several contributions to the Rollerball remake, which were so well-received they caused the director, John McTiernan, to tank his career because he didn't think he could top it. I'm assuming. <laughs> Fair assumption. <laughs> I mean, that movie is really something, Matt. Game turned oh, out real well. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the uh, uh, night vision scene was your idea, so that's that's pretty cool. Do you remember when they, <laughs> Hello God Cool Jay and the other one like pop out of like, I don't know, like uh, uh, and the other one, the other one, Chris Klein, yeah, nondescript. <laughs> the other Chris one, Klein. that's his name. Not so <laughs> yeah, nondescript. Yeah, seriously, least successful guy from American Pie. Um, uh, pop out from like a food cart or whatever that's in a hospital and we had no idea that that was even going on or whatever. Oh, wow. What a film. What a film. So anyway, this is fun, but we're actually recording live from a cabin in the woods. I I decided I wanted to go away and do something, uh, you know, get away from the hubbub. And luckily, Tim and Matt were kind enough to come along. Matt even managed to find this really cool Airbnb. (laughs) Yeah, Matt, this place is great. Like, how did you find it again? Like, I was searching all over for a place just like this and couldn't find anything. Like, what filters did you use? Oh, I didn't find it on Airbnb. I had a nightmare about this exact cabin, and in the nightmare, a voice kept telling me to go to some site called Air DCR, which apparently stands for Air Death Cabin Rentals. And there it was. They didn't even want any money for it. They just told me where the key was and said we could come whenever and stay as long as we want, or... Until we die. Something like that. Hmm. That's odd. But who am I to look a gift cabin in the bloody mouth, you know? (laughs) In this economy, we're lucky there's anything available at all with all these investment firms buying up all the affordable houses, death cabins, and kill cottages. Anyway, once again, and an affront to the otherworldly voice that's been screaming at me that I'll never be good enough ever since we came into this cabin, we have some corrections from the previous episode. So in the last episode, we talked about how Quentin Tarantino was going on a book tour. 
I was incorrect about the name of the book. I don't know where I got that name from. It's actually called Cinema <laughs> Speculation, and it's about all the movies he loves. Blah. Um, I'm assuming, I mean, I'd like to think he breaks down his favorite movies in terms of feet real estate, how much good foot action is in them. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I call this movie a 10-footer. <laughs> I give this three feet out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> three toes out of five. Um, also, I'd like to point out that we don't actually wish that Mark Wahlberg would die. It's just that he made a deal uh, with the devil to live forever, and we don't want to put him or humanity through that. You're welcome. Also, when we were talking about uh, different <laughs> possible Cenobites for the new Hellraiser franchise. Tim mentioned BitTorrent, and I don't know why I didn't think of the name BitTorment. Oh, God wow. damn. So I feel bad. I feel bad. To say that I spent a sleepless night feeling like I was being tortured with chains because of that is, is an understatement. <laughs> also, we talked about Pinhead and his backstory or the hell priest whatsoever so forth um and we just want to say because we're none of us are hellraiser you know aficionados technically but according to hellraiser.fandom pinhead was a human named elliot spencer who was born in england during the victorian era in 1887 he opened the lament configuration after becoming disenchanted with human life from his service in world war one tim you you were pretty close you knew he was like in the 1920s or something like that if I, I remember yeah i knew it was like early 20th century and i knew it was a lament configuration that's it <laughs> right um, and then we were talking about Thor and Love and Thor, Love and Thunder near the end of the episode. And Matt thought that the shadow was uh, Galactus and we said it wasn't, but we couldn't remember who it was. Uh, the shadow at the end of Thor and Love and Thunder was Eternity. In the comics, Eternity effectively is the Marvel Universe. According to, according to Siffy.com, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> Eternity is an entity whose substance is made up of every living thing and every time and place in the Marvel 616 universe. That's the main Marvel universe in the comics. And its physical well, form... Well, hang on. What? Hang on. It's also... In Doctor Strange, they also canonize that the movie... They, they do say is, that. But doesn't... It's confusing. And don't they say that in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, too? But... Uh, Mysterio was just making shit up. Something like that, yeah. yeah. I don't know, whatever. Either way, Marvel 616 Universe is the name from the comics, and it's Eternity's physical form is simply an avatar. It can manifest in order to interact with lesser beings such as the aforementioned Doctor Strange. On the cosmic scale of power in Marvel Comics, uh, Eternity is more powerful and important than just about anything in the universe, with the possible exception being the Living Tribunal, who is basically Eternity, but for the multiverse, but rather than the singular universe. Um, it's exact. It's unclear if that's exactly what eternity is in the MCU. However, they could change that. Wow, that makes so much sense. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like brings it all together, right? All right, that's it for corrections. So let's uh, move on to news. Oh, wait. Actually, I I had been so busy packing for this trip, I completely forgot to look for news, and I know several single digits worth of people depend on us for news. But don't worry, dear listener, just the other day, some super familiar looking old dude with wrinkly versions of my exact tattoos climbed out of a smoky DeLorean, made a few awkward last action hero references, shot one of the guys who were always hiding in his closet, and gave me this magazine. Uh, check it out. It's called Gray's Movie Almanac, and it covers everything about movies from 1990 to 2040, 18 years into our future. It even goes over Jaws 5 through 19, which apparently all come out between now and 2040. Isn't that crazy? 
Dude, that is crazy. Oh, but speaking of cool and interesting reading material, I went down into the basement of this cabin, you know, past the sign that said, never open this door, or go into the basement ever, which, you know, I'm assuming is just like one of those cheesy signs you get at Michael's, like, you know, live, laugh, love, or whatever. And then downstairs, in the endless darkness, past the dark red stains all over the walls and floor, I found this cool, creepy old book. It's covered in some sort of fleshy leather, and the book even looks like it has a face. Like, look at the little tea feeds. (laughs) There's also someone in the basement trying to talk to me or something, but whatever. Seriously? I was promised complete privacy when I booked this place. Or at least they said something about us never being disturbed again in the listing. I'd write them a bad review if the website I found this place on was still coming up. But Google is claiming deathcabin.giantbloodybagofyourgutsandfeet.gov isn't a real address. Dude, that's wild. This book has all this dark red ink in it and drawings and passages in different languages. And I feel kind of sick when I read it. Yeah, sure. That, that That's cool, I guess, Tim. Uh, we can look at your weird book later, okay? Anyway, thanks to my cool movie magazine from the future... We can now bring you, our listeners, the news of tomorrow! Oh my god! Marvel somehow convinces Harrison Ford to replace the late William Hurt as General Thunderbolt Ross in Captain America New World Order. Okay, we know that. And Ford goes on to play the role in multiple projects until Ford is replaced by William Hurt's brain and Ryan Reynolds' body? What? Fuck. That's huge, man. Boy, okay, hang on. Halloween Ends came out, and although it underperformed in theaters, it did well on Peacock. What? (laughs) Um, It was then followed up by the Peacock-exclusive Halloween Ends again, starring Jamie Lee Curtis in a weekend at Bernie's scenario. Oh, wow. And then there's a footnote explaining that Peacock is still around in 2040, and people still don't actually use it. Oh, man. Wait, a Naked Gun reboot comes out with Liam Neeson starring as... Lieutenant Frank Drebin? How dare they? This movie is a big hit for Neeson and leads to a new career in comedy for Neeson that peaks with his poorly received sitcom about a a neighborhood bar in space, Qui-Gon Gin and Tonic? Whoa. Jeez, okay, well, get, get a load of this one. Marvel's Blade movie never actually gets released. Apparently, it's because the producers were attacked by Wesley Snipes' stunt double. Or, or at least that's what Snipes claimed at the deposition. Jesus, that guy. Wow. All right, we'll get a load of this. This is this is actually pertinent. Matt, you'll like this. The Megan movie, M3 Gan movie, <laughs> which warns of the danger of a child's robot's best friend turning evil and violent, goes on to become a very successful franchise. Nice. In fact, by the year 2030, the movie even comes with the instruction manual for every child's actual robot friend. Guys, what could go wrong? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Fan backlash about the Super Mario Brothers trailer caused Nintendo executives to rethink the project and consider making changes to their profitable IP in order to guarantee success. So they went back and made Mario in all the video games sound like Chris Pratt? Jesus, hey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dark future we have ahead of us. All right, so, okay, wh- whoa. Uh, so Man of Steel 2 is finally released with Henry Cavill returning. Unfortunately, by the time it came out, the steel in the title referred to the metal pin in Cavill's new hip. Oh, my God. Damn it. 
even the best of us. Well, speaking of comic books, check this one out. It says Blumhouse's Spawn movie comes out, and the movie is actually very successful, but Blumhouse fucks it all up with Spawn kills. (laughs) (laughs) That said, Blumhouse and McFarlane still team up again to make a horror movie about people's McFarlane toys collections turning evil and killing anyone within reach of their owner's Paris basement. Guys, I gotta fucking go. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. This might be a good one. Hugh Jackman is forced to come back as Wolverine several times. Wow. Until Jackman finally hits his limit and just buries himself alive under an X-shaped grave marker. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. Wow, guys. This is... Okay, okay. All right. We got... I think this will be good. The rest of Matt Reeves' Batman trilogy comes out and people love Barry Keegan's Joker. Awesome. Okay. But unfortunately, his performance is mostly overshadowed by Todd Phillips' gritty Kite Man movie? What the... Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, they fucking did it. Ooh, they're going to fucking do it, I should say. Jeez. Man, I don't know. I I, I think I've hit my limit. I think we should put... I think we should put this this magazine away. That, that's all right. That that's it for the news of tomorrow. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know why I said it all like that. It was not exciting news. Let's move on to new releases. Ooh, <laughs> I'm excited about this. New on Shutter is VHS 99. Witness a hellish vision of 1999 as social isolation, analog technology, and disturbing home videos fuse in a nightmare of found footage savagery. The anthology, the anthology horror films directors are Flying Lotus, what a name, Maggie Levin, Tyler McIntyre, Johans Roberts, and Joseph and Vanessa Winter, who made Deadstream. The talented cast mm-hmm. is too numerous to list for our little podcast. <laughs> uh, by the way, just real quick, we talked about McFarlane toys. Like, literally, what's behind me is the giant Ash, like <laughs> Ash Williams statue. I mean, I like McFarlane toys, so it was it was a self-deprecating joke. Oh, no, no, I know. Oh, I know. Believe me, I know where you're where coming from with that. But just FYI, my mom's like, get this out of the basement. <laughs> So, I'm stuck with it again. Anyway, new in theaters is Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. The latest comic book adaptation attempt by DC (laughs) is directed Uh by (laughs) Joam Colette Serra. It stars Dwayne Johnson Noah Centineo, Aldous Hodge, Sarah Shahi, Marwan Kazari, and Pierce Brosnan. I'm excited for Pierce Brosnan in that. Yeah. Um, I know. He actually looks pretty badass. That director also made the House of Wax remake. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. New in theaters is Pray for the Devil. A nun prepares to perform an exorcism and comes face to face with a demonic force with mysterious ties to her past. The horror movie is directed by Daniel Stam and written by Robert Sapia. It stars Virginia Madsen, Colin Salmon, Nicholas Ralph, Jackeen Beers, Ben Cross, and Christian Navarro. 
New in theaters and on Netflix is Wendell and Wild. Two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, enlist the aid of 13-year-old cat Elliot to summon them to the land of the living. The animated horror comedy is written and directed by Henry Sillick and co-written by Jordan Peele. It stars the voices of Lyric Ross, Keegan-Michael Key, and Jordan Peele. Aw, they're working together again. Good for them. <laughs> New in theaters is called Jane. A married woman with an unwanted pregnancy lives in a time in America where she can't get a legal abortion and works with a group of suburban women to find help. The drama, based on historical events, is directed by Phyllis Naj. It stars Kate Mara, Elizabeth Banks, Sigourney Weaver, Chris Messina, John Magaro, and Wunmi Musako. New in theaters is The Banshees of Inisharan. A pair of lifelong friends on a remote Irish island find themselves at an awkward time in their relationship when one of them no longer wants to be friends. Aww. The dark comedy <laughs> is written and directed by Martin McDonough. It stars Barry Keegan, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Kerry Condon, Pat Short, and John Kerry. The senator? <laughs> <laughs> Same director as in Bruges, uh, which is a Indeed. very good movie. And Colin Farrell does does well with him, as, as does Brendan Gleeson. I think Brendan Gleeson was in, in Bruges too, right? Correct. All right. That's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? This is Sean Ruddy coming to you live from Death Manor. For seven years now, you have watched me face my fears for your entertainment. There is one fear that I haven't yet faced. I will be spending one night alone in a haunted house. Don't forget to smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, and follow me on Livid. It premiered on Shudder October 6th, but this week we watched Deadstream. A disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. That's familiar. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, I'm always burpy now. His big comeback event becomes a real li- real time fight for his life. The found footage horror comedy is written and directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. It stars Joseph Winter, Melanie Stone, and that's pretty much it. So as a warning, uh, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Deadstream. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie and come back. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Deadstream? Wow, guys, what a goofy movie. Um... <laughs> so I I have to say, you know, this movie did bring me back to that that year in the 90s or or was it very early 2000s when all of when all of us thought that, you know, the Blair Witch Project was like the most amazing movie ever. <laughs> and like found footage. Yep. Movies were going to be like the, you know, new thing. Um, and I will say this. They're still jumpy. They still make you jump. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of scary. So I did like that because I haven't watched a movie like this in a very long time. Um, so I actually did like the whole like, you know, point of view way that it was filmed. I, I, as, as annoying as that motherfucker is in it, um, <laughs> I thought that the whole, you know, self aware, you know, poking fun at, you know, internet celebrities, mm. I thought it was, some of it was actually pretty funny. 
Um, yeah. I liked all the comments, you know, scrolling down the screen. <laughs> I loved him doing a Hadouken with a pol- an apology video yes, in the beginning. Yes, that whole, like, that opening. Really made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole opening sequence was actually really funny because it's, like, so over the top. But then you're like, wow, this is actually how what people do. Oh, yeah. Shockingly <laughs> accurate. Shockingly. And I'm saying that now un- until, you know, a year from now, we decide we're going to be YouTube sensations. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have to say a very goofy movie. Um, mm. But actually, at the end, pretty entertaining. I thought all of the um, the effects as goofy as some of them were, (laughs) were, um, they were pretty good. And, you know, some of them kind of ingenious, I I suppose the way they like, you know, film certain parts of it. And, um, I really liked that. Um, the, let's see, what's the girl's character's name? Chrissy. Well, Chrissy or Mildred. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was pretty apparent, but I like that Chrissy <laughs> just shows up and he's like, she just totally tricks him. I mean, it's not too hard because he's, he's an idiot and he's, you know, self-absorbed. <laughs> so, of course, you know, the moment somebody says that they're a huge fan, like, of course, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. Right. But I like that she ended up being, you know, the ghost. Right. Yeah, I thought it, um, I thought all, um, I thought it was actually pretty funny and still pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Next. <laughs> uh, I believe my number's next. Uh, number seven. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I agree. This is like a great lighthearted horror comedy. Yeah. Um, wonderful use of budget. Wonderful use of, you know what I mean? Like it was definitely concocted during, you know, COVID restrictions. I think it was at the height of its probably creative juices mm. uh, were bubbling because of Hey, how do you make a, like, we don't know what COVID's going to do in the future. So if we make a movie, what if we make it really a one guy, uh, and a few people in monster makeup and one other person and with one location and they used everything to the absolute maximum, which is wonderful. Uh, the set design, you know, is pretty good. Um, a lot of it's pretty believable in terms of abandoned houses, uh, you know, looking at an abandoned house for almost a hundred years, the creature effects, fantastic um it treads the line i think perfectly uh and being just not too cheesy that you completely don't like it uh but just cheesy enough that you really appreciate it for what it is and what they're doing and it fits the tone perfectly um it doesn't look like it's too cheap that it undermines uh, anything about the film Mm -hmm. um wonderful callbacks you know he talks about how because he's such a superficial prick uh you know he had one girl he used to date she had a sister and freaked him the fuck out and he always think about pus getting everywhere and then of course that happens later um you know then you get your evil dead references in there for sure because uh, you cannot make a movie like this and not yeah. know that it was yeah, very Sam Sam a huge influence oh yeah for sure yeah absolutely and you know and that's what you do it's nice homage um especially to the spirit board literally says Klaatu Verata Niktu on it, um, <laughs> which is from the day the earth stood still, but famously used an army of darkness right. and et cetera. Um, but yeah, this is just uh it's a great, it's a great flick. Yeah. Like 
Melanie Stone, who plays Christy slash Mildred Pratt. Uh, she was wonderful. I loved when she showed up. Uh, my wife, Chrissy, loved it because there's another Chrissy. Chrissy's a, <laughs> Chrissy's a showing up again as a name. Uh, yeah, Joseph Winter as Sean Reddy. Uh, perfect internet douchebag persona. Well oh, yeah. done, sir. Did your research, unfortunately. I'm sure that was a lot of psychic damage <laughs> doing that. Uh, yeah, just great job. Uh, really good, clever use of cuts, of hiding mm-hmm. cuts, um, you know, from us and then some overt ones. Uh, and just, yeah, those, we, I want to watch the movie again to look at all the internet comments. Yeah. Um, because a lot of them that were scrolling, not, not just the ones that like he would pause that, to like read you were out, supposed but, to read. Yeah. Yeah. But all the ones that were scrolling by underneath it, you would catch some of them and it was pretty good. Like, Oh man, you like it a lot of closets there, Sean. <laughs> yeah, right. Cause just the guy just keeps hiding in closets and stuff. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> guess I'm going back to PewDiePie and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> yeah, no, this is, uh, it was a great movie. It's only 87 minutes. It's real yeah. quick. Um, so yeah, what a fun damn horror comedy. Take it away, Alex. Yeah. So, uh, I only really knew about this movie because I saw ads for VHS 99 and I was like, who are these directors? Cause I, I, I enjoy the VHS series. And so I was just looking them up and I saw that this, that Joseph Winter and his, his wife, Vanessa Winter made this movie called Deadstream that was coming to shutter before VHS 99. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I saw like a lot of little buzz about it, that it was good. So I decided to try it out and I was like blown away by how much I liked it. Um, like we we had talked about covering other movies potentially for the Halloween special of of the podcast, but after I saw this, I was like, I I think I want to do this, and I just think you know I've seen I've seen a decent amount of of found footage movies, and I have varying opinions on them. I go back and forth, but I will I will honestly say I think this is maybe my favorite, and and maybe the one that I, in my opinion, is most effectively done. Because they, they use all the mechanics of the premise perfectly. He sets up cameras around to stream. He, they're, they, they're motion activated. So if he cuts to one to, so that, you know, we can stitch some shots together, there's a reason for it. Um, he would cut to, you know, sharing his screen with the, the people watching him stream. Um, he had two cameras on him and it would switch between the two based on what was going on. He had a reason to always have a camera on him. He wasn't like carrying a camera and picking it up all the time. They were attached to him. I, I just thought it, it was so, the, the mechanics were perfect. Uh, it, it, I don't, I don't remember there being a point during this movie where the found footage nature of it fell apart. It, in fact, I felt like it was rock solid, like the entire time, which I think is incredible. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought Joseph Winder was fantastic. I, he was, he seemed like a real actual internet dumbass. <laughs> he was perfect. And he had the fact that he had to carry this movie almost entirely by himself. Like we were just with this one dude for like the whole movie, which is yeah. a lot to ask of him and the audience. And he made it work, even though he was like technically unlikable from the beginning. We found him kind of amusing enough and we wanted to see him like we knew he was going to see real ghosts or something. So we're like, yeah, fuck this guy, like fuck him up, you know. Um, And then he kind of like became more relatable near the end. He was still clearly kind of a prick, but like uh, he had kind of an arc, which I thought was nice. He actually started to feel bad about some stuff he did, even though he didn't seem to feel fully bad. 
But I thought that was was great. Very accurate to that kind of, you know, social media influencer, content creator type person. Um, I loved him making his own score and playing it yes. on uh, <laughs> on his um on his like walk is like tape player, um, which was another thing that I thought was really smart too, because that's one of the downsides of found footage movies is you don't really have a score because yeah. why would there be one? But then he found this perfect way to do it. Of course, this guy would make a score and use it to his own dramatic effect. And sometimes it just, it worked perfectly in the movie when it was used. And by the way, that really Joseph Winter really did make that score himself, just like the character. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like mentioning Evil Dead while I was watching it, I was like, this is, I mean, I, I love the Evil Dead remake from 2013, but in terms of like that, that perfect balance of like fun and scary that like, especially Evil Dead 2 had. Um, yes, especially. This was the most I have been reminded of Evil Dead 2 since Evil Dead 2. Like, it, it, I was just like, this is wacky and weird and fun and scary. I, I was just, so excited watching it i really enjoyed it um i've only i haven't managed to watch it again since the first time i watched it but i i I cannot wait to watch it again to be honest and um and yeah as you mentioned i thought the creature designs were really good and they walked that perfect line just like the movie itself they were both scary and kind of funny looking you know like they were impressive and also kind of cheesy they just like that they perfectly walk that line that this movie does the entire time and I, i i thought that was fantastic yeah, shout out to this character and his army's worth of GoPro camera. <laughs> I know. So oh, I loved him naming them. Huh. Yeah. When oh, he name. put the camera yeah. on Mildred, Mildred. 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 He, like, he, he, t- he changes the... Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else he put the camera on that really made me laugh. And I tip of his, on the tip of a spear and then the spear <laughs> gets ripped out of his hand and used against him. <laughs> <Yeah>. So then... <laughs> That, I so forgot about that completely. That was so funny. Under attack from a spirit. Yeah, it was a lot of good camera gags. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed like a real person, you know? Like, he seemed like someone who just didn't take shit serious. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. Funny movie. The little kid that was just like, well, too bad you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, and I love, like, the people that they would, the experts, they would call in and it would be, like, a child. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I was doing this research. And it's like, that's shit like that happens. <laughs> It does happen. These for kids sure. just sit around like on the internet learning stuff. Like it's a very different world. Anyway, do you do you have any uh honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies in honor of the director David Cronenberg? Um, I feel like um Joseph Winter's character is just a big crony. I mean he's oh, just yeah. so cringy. Um his that that, that scream that he would let out every <laughs> <laughs> like oh my so so funny but also useful. right yeah the um big time cronies for that um after he jumps out the window which was pretty funny um yeah <laughs> and he's trying to find the spark plugs and he turns and there's that weird like rat like person yeah. like human the, yeah, headed the, uh, rat yeah i don't know what that was i forgot about called. i know he comes back at the end the pest, too, maybe? but yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yes. So that was pretty. Oh, that that freaked me out. I didn't like that. <laughs> no, thank you. Because those big golem I just, eyes. Yeah. Mm. No. And then the tail, like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, but also, um, shout out to um, the actress that played Chrissy and a million 
iterations of um, Mildred. Mildred? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was great. pretty good. Melanie yeah. Stone. Well done, Melanie Stone. Well done. Uh, yeah, I'll give my uh, honorable mention to, oh man, I think her name was Hetty. The old, uh, the older lady who was responsible for the, um, uh, the old oh, yeah, like, housekeeper. Oh, I yeah. think it was, I think that's her name. I think it's Pat Barnett as Hetty. I think it's Hetty. Uh, I might be wrong. Her, but she was great. Right. Because she was talking about why. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made that, um, the, 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 the spirit hand. I can't remember the name of the right. thing that wars off evil spirits. She's like, yeah, I made that. Yeah. Well, he destroyed it, grandma. She's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like her, her just take of being very serious, and to just drop, be like, "Oh no, he's he's screwed." That was great. Uh, but so yeah, my honorable mention goes out to her. Yeah, those are great honorable mentions. I I I would agree with all of them. Um, and yes, he he was a walking crony. Um, for some reason, the giant finger picking his nose and stuff like that that really twice oh that yeah really <laughs> big time. Didn't I was just like, oh nope, no 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 no. Can we talk? Yeah, I want to know why Mildred was obsessed with like using her nasty <laughs> fingers to go up people's nostrils. I think that it because. was just like to fuck with us, like as as an audience, yes. like just to mess with us and make us uncomfortable. Like especially when the finger grows or when he yes. suddenly has the finger. Yes, that was well. Great. It's it's. I think it's again leading into that Evil Dead Two vibe, which is just like, look how zany the undead yeah. are. <laughs> right. Like they're just gonna they're just gonna fuck with you. They're evil, but they're gonna fuck with you. They're a bunch of troublemakers. Yeah. Was there anything you didn't like about Deadstream? Was there anything that confused you? Um, I mean, it was pretty cheesy. Like, there were parts yeah. of it that I was like, all right, all right, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, mainly in the beginning. Because I was like, is this dude going to be like this the whole time? Is this just <laughs> like the movie that I'm watching? Um, but then he he grows on you. And he goes on his little journey. And you're like, yeah, good job, Joseph Winter. Except you don't make it at the end, so spoiler alert <laughs> yeah apart from that i actually the more that i think about it and talk about it there wasn't much that i didn't like about this movie All right. yeah i mean there's i think this is a great easy recommending type of movie for me like for folks like there's nothing i don't there's nothing i don't like about it. it 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 is what it is and i know what it is and it knows what it is and because of that honesty i enjoy it thoroughly yeah yeah, I, I couldn't really think of anything I didn't like either, you know. Um, I could see maybe me not being in the mood for something as silly as this hmm. occasionally. Sure. But, but that's a, that's it a also mood. is a strength of the movie. So I, I, I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe I wouldn't always be in the mood for this movie, but I wouldn't say I don't like that about it. So yeah, I, I, I've, this was probably one of my favorite movies I've seen in, in a while. So I don't think I have anything bad to say about it. Hooray. Yay. Yay. Do you have a favorite death scene? I... This I don't really remember. We don't really. Yeah, I mean nobody see really. Deaths. I mean the the right? the um I forget the old guy's name who was masquerading as the cop. I mean he dies right. But he was also already dead, right? Yeah, that's true. He, he was, was already, already dead. dead. We see some like ghost deaths, I guess, but like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean Joseph Winter goes through the friggin' ringer. Yeah, he does. again, Evil Dead yeah. stuff. Evil Dead Two shit. Right. Make your character suffer. Yes. And slash actor suffer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you have to go with a, an act of violence, maybe in a sense, you, maybe not death is viable in this context. It's the potato gun 
uh, when he shoots the potato gun through the undead cop. <laughs> I forgot about that. that. I forgot about good. the hole. And, that yeah, and was there's a huge hole great. through the guy's chest. And then he just falls on top of the potato gun, lowering yeah. onto Sean, who's pinned beneath as the corpse is slowly like dripping onto the potato yeah. gun. I completely yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah that uh, I'll, I'll give it to that as well. Um, favorite act of violence. Um, <laughs> would you give any random aesthetic choices in Deadstream a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blomkamp movie Demonic? Ooh. Um, I mean, I just liked his whole like rig, like the backpack and the headband yeah. and the, you know, the 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 light and all his fun little cameras that he would and then the the um let's not for, forget the use of duct tape in the movie. Um <laughs> ample use of duct ample tape. Ample use yes. of duct yep. tape. As if it's really going to really do anything and it doesn't. <laughs> um You're talking about it totally does. But yeah. I would say the overall MacGyvering of his character I enjoyed. Sure. Uh, I'm going to give it to the fact that I think the winners are also heavily inspired by Resident Evil 7. But anyway, oh. I'm going to give it to the, I'm really going to give it to the weird forest ghoul. Uh, like you, the one you hate, Matt. Yeah. The rat thing. The rat head. <laughs> yeah, the rat, yeah, the rat golem, the rat golem <laughs> looking dude. I, I wish I knew that creature's name. Uh, I loved that one so much because it was legitimately the freakiest one mm. in there. Sure. Everything else was great. Don't get me wrong. But that rat, ghoul, pest, whatever the fuck it is, chef's kiss. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed um I enjoyed his like room slash Halloween setup when this movie begins. I remember there being a lot of stuff in it, oh, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Um even if it perfectly fit his obnoxious personality. Um but I think I think I'd just like give a breaky to this movie in general. Like I the mm. creature designs were fun. It, it was a very colorful movie. Um even though they didn't use like crazy colored lights or whatever, it, I don't know. It just, it had a very like, um, cotton candy kind of look to it a lot of the time that yeah. I just enjoyed for some reason. It was just a very colorful movie, including the creature designs. So I think I just give it to that. Uh, finally, would you recommend Deadstream? Why, yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> yeah. I would, especially because this is another brave movie that has testicle trauma in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Where, Mil- where Mildred just chops down. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. Um, yeah, that was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I'd recommend it, too. I mean, this I'd recommend it to pretty much anyone who likes horror movies. Um, I would think that people would enjoy it to some extent because I, I think it would be more palatable to people who aren't like deep horror fans, but people who are deep horror fans, I think would get a lot out of it too. You know? Yeah. I would definitely recommend it for sure. Before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend? Nah, I got one. Sure. Pieces. Oh, nice. I, so we fin- Chrissy and I finished watching pieces yeah. or as it's known in Spanish, the night has a thousand screams. Oh. That is a damn good name in Spain. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a way better. Uh, yeah, if you want a Spanish giallo, I guess you could say, <laughs> film. Um, one where the context of was made, you know, a few years after the di- the, the dictatorship of Spain fell in which span- a lot of Spanish folks were under the under an interesting impression about how Americans were. 
watch pieces because at the time the director uh Juan Picora Simone was under the oppression as many Spanish people were at the time that um, all Americans were oversexed <laughs> and always horny and they said yep that's accurate American lifestyle and I'll do this and this movie will be set in a quote-unquote America in Boston at Harvard <laughs> the sexiest uh, of all sexiest of all of all things um definitely go see this it is a horror movie classic over, wonderful over-the-top acting mm-hmm. i will just say one word to to bastard i uh, never seen anyone say the word bastard in such a wonderful way uh and again if you like ball trauma just you wait Oof. i it's been years since i've seen it so i don't remember all of it very well but i remember the ending being awesome yep. and completely nonsensical the ending makes no sense and it's great yes fantastic I saw Halloween Ends. Oh. <laughs> oh Tell boy. us everything. Um, and I'll just go into it pretty much fully because I know Tim already spoiled it for himself. And I know <laughs> you don't really care about this series, Matt. Yeah, so really. anyone listening, I'm, I'm probably going to spoil things about Halloween Ends. Um, so as I've said before, I don't really like this particular part of the series, the David Gordon Green um um, Danny McBride series. I don't really enjoy it. This one was interesting because it clearly was trying to, in my opinion, initially, it was trying to do what John Carpenter probably originally wanted to do, which was to make it like, like he didn't want to do a series. He wanted to do one movie and that was it. They convinced him to do a second one. So he wrote a second one. And he supposedly had to get hammered to do it because he was so upset. And then he was like, let me turn it into an anthology where it's just about, like, fucked up shit that happens on Halloween night. And in this one, it seems like they wanted to kind of do that, where they were kind of like, oh, maybe Michael Myers is just like a conduit to some sort of force of evil that is especially powerful on Halloween night. And that's, and they, they even talk about him, they say they eat the shape of evil in the movie. So, like, this was just the particular shape of this evil that we have seen, because, you know, the we never went into why they called him the shape before, really. And <laughs> in this one, there's this new, like, awkward, dorky kid who kind of gets, like, possessed in a way by, like, the spirit of Michael Myers, even though Michael Myers is still around. He also has an alliterative name. <laughs> That's right, uh... Corey something. Corey Cunningham. Corey's, yeah, Corey Cunningham. Thank you. Um, who's a, apparently, I thought it would be a reference to uh, George Cunningham. Um, not, 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 why not? It's not George Cunningham. What's his name? The guy, the guy who made Friday the 13th. John Cunningham? You, the fact that you're stomp, stomped on this is worrying me. <laughs> Hang on. I, I don't like, I haven't committed that to memory, but Google will tell me. Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham. Ah. Not Sean. Um, like the, I thought it was based on that, but actually it's based on Artie Cunningham from the movie Christine. Oh, and it's uh, and he's like awkward, and there's this early scene where he like accidentally causes the absolutely brutal death of a child he's babysitting. Like, whoa, wozers! I probably my favorite scene in the movie because it's just completely insane. And then he's like all fucked up and then eventually he gets like kind of possessed by the spirit of Michael Myers who's still alive but he's all fucked up from the previous movie and at one point Michael Myers has to like kill someone and he like powers up as he's killing them. Like as if like killing them makes him stronger. That was pretty great. 
Um, even though he's a, even though he's just an old man that lives in the sewer. Yeah, he's like seventy six, living in the sewer. Um, and then, but yeah, new guy goes around killing people, and then Michael Myers. But then that whole plot is just like dropped like a rock, and then the movie ends with Laurie and Michael Myers fighting, and it's just like, but that's not what the movie has been about. It just felt forced and tacked on. Um, but then <laughs> the whole town, she like seemingly kills Michael by like stabbing him down onto a table and slitting his throat after giving him the, giving them the speech. And then she gathers all the townspeople around, right? And they drive him out to a junkyard. And in the entire movie, there's this like car crusher they keep showing. And I'm like, why do they keep showing Chekhov's car crusher? When are they going to use it? And I thought this whole time that Michael Myers was going to kill someone in it or Corey was going to kill someone in it. But instead, they just, the whole town drove Michael Myers' body to this place and just put his dead body in the car crusher. And he just explodes. <laughs> he just gets, he just bursts into a bunch of blood and guts and is eaten up by a machine. Wow. And then, like, they fast forward and they're like, Michael Myers is now officially dead. And it's like, what did you tell the authorities? Because there were, like, police officers there. It's like, yes, we we destroyed his body officially. I don't know. Like, it was just so weird. But it was cool. I mean, I like that. It was insane. So, like, there, there was all this cool, insane stuff in the movie. But, like, it wasn't, like, a good movie. Um, it clearly was, like, held back by what the studio wanted them to do, which was give them, you know... Laurie versus Michael, which the movie wasn't about. And um, and once again, as I mentioned before, it is full of completely unmotivated camera moves. The camera is just gliding to the side and up and down for no reason during so many shots. And there's all this weird framing and stuff isn't really scary. It's just like dark and, and, and occasionally sudden. Um... I and and people I I haven't really seen people be that bothered by it but I just like I I feel like fr- how you frame your shots and how you cut them and how you move the camera is such an important part of horror movies and I just feel like David Gordon Green like doesn't get that part of it not saying I could make a better movie than him but like I would at least probably not make that decision and uh, yeah whew, I don't get it but some people, like, this movie's very split. Some people really like it. Some people don't. Um, but I will say I, I enjoyed that they tried to do something different. Because at this point, why the fuck not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? You know? I think I think that if you are the type of person that can appreciate Halloween 3, mm-hmm. your chances of liking this probably get higher. Yeah. Like, this was this clearly was their Halloween 3. This is what they wanted to do. They wanted to officially kind of create build the world up to the possibility of it becoming an anthology again that is actually connected to the previous movies in a way. You know, like, I mean, I'm guessing, but it seems like they were trying to say, what if it's just Force of Evil at night on Halloween night and Michael is the first shape it took and maybe it'll be completely different the next time. Maybe it won't be someone going around with a knife. Who fucking knows? And, like, they they even purposely use the same, like, font and stuff like that as, like, the the same blue font for the opening credits that they used in Halloween 3. Um, There was all, like, it definitely was influenced by Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Like, they, so, I, 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 you're right, Tim. People who like Halloween 3 seem to be like, all right. And the people who hate it are like, no thanks. So, the important thing is this, fellas. 
evil died that day. <laughs> it did. What was the part you couldn't wait for me to see? The car crusher? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was not the uh, it was not the call car crusher. Uh, oh yeah, it was just the fact that um, on October thirty first, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights a, a Michael for his mask. <laughs> he, he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That happens. That happens. That, that was kind of the once I saw that, uh, I was just like, "Oh boy, <laughs> buckle the fuck up!" And that's also when it also became abundantly clear to me of the different tones that this movie has. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In terms of like what they kind of wanted, what they wanted to do, maybe or slash should have done versus clearly what the studio wanted. Yeah. I, I do know so. that the ending was changed. There, there's a lot of like yeah. dialogue that is spoken where you can't see people's mouth move. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Jay, That's always fun. Laurie Strode's grand, uh, you know, granddaughter who is romantically entangled with Corey um, mm-hmm. frequently is speaking without us seeing her mouth. So it seems like originally she was more concerned about Corey. But in the version of the yep. movie that we get, she they're almost more like a Bonnie and Clyde type situation where she's like, let's burn this cu- this town down together. Um, she doesn't have a <laughs> Southern accent. I don't know why I gave her one. But um, yeah, it's very pieced together. There's definitely like heavy edits and changes that were made. And I do know that the ending of the movie was changed. Originally, I believe they implied that Laurie Strode now had the evil in her at the end of the movie. I don't know. I got nothing. Well. I got theories too, but I still have to watch it proper. So. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, if if you don't expecting much, such a fun watch. I enjoyed watching it because I don't. There I knew know. I probably wasn't gonna like it, so I don't know. Anyway, hey guys. Uh, so I've been flipping through this weird old book I found, and somehow the language is starting to make sense to me. Okay. Like, check this out. On on these two pages, there's like something about what you should read to give yourself a gift, or I don't know. Maybe it says a curse. Either way, it sounds selfish to me, but on the next page, there's something about you what you read aloud to give your... Again, I'm not quite sure if it's friends or enemies, but th- give them a gift or a curse. I'm, let's check it out. Mm, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. My God, I don't like dead alive or something. Me too, and it's making me feel sexy. Whoa, guys, are you okay? Your eyes are like all white and your skin looks real bad all of a sudden. How dare you? Meanwhile, your skin looks delicious. Ah! <sighs> oh man. I think I'm Alex Matter possessed uh, thanks to my cool new book. <laughs> Shit, what am I what am I gonna do? Join us, Tim. Come on! It's fun! Come to me, boy, come. They... They want me to join them? Wait a second. I'm a suit actor. And they want me to join them? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I think I can make this happen in a more painless way than they have in mine. I'll use my trusty travel Rob Boutine Boutique makeup kit to trick them into thinking I'm already possessed. Let's see, just gotta put on some white contacts, uh, darken the circle around my eyes, uh, ooh, splash on a little blood and... Ah, voila! Tim, are you ready to join us? Being undead is cool. Wait, you look possessed already. Indeed I am. I'm totally undead already. I got possessed earlier. It just took a while to take effect. It must be all the vitamin C I take. Oh, cool. Let's all be undead together. Yeah, that sounds fun. Hopefully we don't run into anyone who knows about our weaknesses. <laughs> our weaknesses? You mean how if our host bodies are reminded of things they love, we lose our grip on their souls? Ha! <laughs> this host body only loves himself, and that love is cancelled out by how much he also hates himself. I, I think I'm safe. Yeah, and this host body supposedly loves his family. Blech. We'll just stay away from that. Yeah! There's nothing I could think of that both Alex and Matt love, especially not something I could pull up on this TV! Oh wow! What just happened? Oh man, Aliens is on! Nice! I feel a really scary, ominous feeling now that's definitely pushing me to get out of this house immediately. But Aliens is on, so let's just sit and watch it. No! <clears throat> I mean, no, no. I I think we should leave right now, guys. God, Tim, you look all weird and possessed. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's just makeup. Just, um, you know, playing around. Like, you know how I love to do. You look the same to me. How about we just leave this creepy house right now and we go watch Aliens at one of our safe, non-haunted houses? Uh, Alex, you must miss your dog, right? Oh, Ruby, Ruby. I, I do miss Ruby. My wife Susie is pretty cool, too, I guess. Uh, yeah, okay, we can go. Great. Uh, let me just bring my cool new book with me, you know, for um safekeeping. Whatever, weirdo. You're always so possessive with fleshy old books from dark, bloody basements. Okay, we left. You feel better, Tim? Yes. Tim, anything else good in that creepy old book? I'm surprised you can read in the car. That always makes me feel sick. Oh, I'm feeling fine, Matthew. In fact... I don't think I've ever felt better.